Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 1.16. Cupcake? Is it the cupcake or cupcake? I just have cupcake. Yeah, I guess they left out the the. Um, how are you doing, Jen? I am doing well, Steve. How are you? Wonderful. I'm still feeling a little holiday withdrawal. Understandable. We're, we're almost a couple weeks out now, and no more gifts, no more family dinners. It's just us again. Our Christmas tree's naked. Yeah, I've taken everything off of it. It's just a kind of a sad time of year, I think. So we're off to a good start here on the podcast, but... Yeah, it's quite optimistic. Yeah, to uh, some cheerier news is that we got a tweet. Jen, you want to talk about our tweet? We did. We got a tweet from at Danielle Brantle 5. Um, last week we were talking about Marshall and if... Marsh Gammon and... Yeah, the episode was Marsh Gammon. Um, I'm sorry, the episode was Game Night and... They were playing Marsh Gammon, but we had a discussion amongst ourselves about, you know, is it canon, essentially, that does Marshall play, you know. That he's um, the game master. Yeah, essentially. And so um, Danielle brings up in the episode where they all compare each other to their parents, uh, the episode's name is Noretta. They say Marshall is like Lily's dad because of all the games he makes up, which is something that we hadn't thought of, which... That's awesome. That's why we ask you guys to reach out and tweet and email and catch those things that we missed. So, thank you, Danielle. Why does it say Cute Fox by Danielle's? You don't know how Twitter works, do you? No. Because you kind of, like, <laughs> you have your Twitter handle and then you kind of have, like, your Twitter name. They're two different things. That's weird. Yes. I was, actually, <laughs> I was actually on Twitter long, long before you. It doesn't count if you're on it and you don't actually use it. Right. I, I being think I, a, being <laughs> a person that can log into a website and never uses it doesn't actually make you a Twitter user. I don't know why it never took for me. You know, it's kind of a dumpster fire most of the time. It is. I, I get enough out of, you know, I get enough updates from friends out of Facebook. I don't really need, I don't feel like I need more than one avenue. I don't know how many people actually communicate with their friends on Twitter. It's more like spreading news and giving your yeah. It's more of a cultural impact kind of place. Okay. Where let's talk about what's going on in politics or entertainment or I'm sure there's other things, but those yeah, mostly what I'm following on Twitter. Hmm. Okay. So anyway, um, so that is just yeah. It's nice. I like getting tweets. Uh, Yeah. Very exciting. I was listening to. Somebody on Rob and Akiva's podcast. She's a sometimes contributor, and she apparently had a recap of The Office. Oh no! <laughs> after The Office went off the air, mm-hmm. and her whoever she was doing it with, her name's Lisa. I forget what her last name is. Whoever she was doing with, she moved to a different town, and instead of keeping it up long distance, they sort of had a falling out. Hmm. And stopped doing it together. But before they stopped, when Jenna Fisher started doing theirs, somehow it ended up driving people to hers, and she ended up with a couple hundred thousand listeners. What? Yeah. Oh, see, I thought the story was going in the other direction. I thought it was like, oh, she had this podcast, and it was going well, and then the office lady started. Yeah, somehow that, I guess... There's a lot of exchange of listeners between these different versions. I don't really do that. I only listen to one 
show recap for yeah. that show. Me I too. tried a couple different Friends ones. Um, I landed on this third one, but they're so unprolific that it's. I'm almost about to walk away from it. But yeah, it's interesting. I'm, uh, it's good to know that maybe we're not competing with the other How I Met Your Mother podcasts. Instead, right. we're we're sharing with them a little bit. Yeah, I wonder. Okay, uh, Cupcake, I have it ranked 134, which is, you know, approximately the third lowest so far. Mm-hmm. As, and I wasn't excited about this one. It's not great, but it has some good moments. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and it does that fun storytelling that I like. Right. They, they go back into that pattern of telling part of the story in one part of the show and then filling in the blanks right. in the next part of the show. IMDb has this rated at 7.9, so a little on the lower end for oh, yeah. IMDb. That is low for IMDb. And we start off with, oh, oh, one other thing. I have an exciting episode theme-based ranking to give at the end of this podcast. So if that doesn't make you stay tuned, I don't think anything else will. I can't wait to see the um, chart that shows where we get a drop-off in the center. <laughs> so you're saying I should open up with it so that... <laughs> no, because then people will give up five minutes in. Well, you're really pessimistic about the popularity of my rankings. I am, but, you know, I've, I've yet to be proven right or wrong. True. So narrator starts off, when it comes to love, the best relationships are the ones that come naturally, and then we see some sort of montaging of Ted and, Ted and Victoria, and they're enjoying making desserts together. Yeah, in this scene. Yeah. And I think it really points back to what he said about this versus how things were with him and Robin. Yeah, I thought about that, too. Where it's like, you know, the relationship that, is supposed to be easy. It was never easy with Robin. Now it seems to be easy with Victoria. Or naturally is, you know, I think even more fitting here in that mm-hmm. they didn't naturally come together. He's struggled a few times to try and make it happen and then hasn't. Right. And, and Victoria really seemed to be clicking and enjoying each other. And they're having... Good time making cupcakes, even though Ted is not good at it. And Victoria inexplicably sticks her finger into a cupcake that just came out of the oven. That was one of my notes, is <laughs> even if she knew it was undercooked, that would be boiling hot. Yeah, wouldn't especially if it was under, if it was still liquidy, isn't that worse? Yeah, and the, the top looked like it was starting to, to harden, mm-hmm. which means that it was cooked in there for a while. Mm-hmm. But anyways. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Looking too much into it, but I saw something I hadn't noticed before, and maybe it's another one of those like Hulu version things. It's like Ted sticks a straw in the cupcake. Oh, to offer for her to because she refers she said to it, it as a liquid. Beverage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a cute little note or take in that scene. We're in the apartment. Okay, so yeah, we we already covered the cupcakes. We're still in the apartment at a different time, and Barney walks in on Marshall coloring in his underwear hole on his dress pants. And it's sort of a, a funny look to it. It's it's just a weird thing for somebody to walk in on <laughs> you doing. Just sort of the way he's posed and standing there is right, also... Right, because it's, you know, on his butt, so he has to be kind of, like, awkwardly turned around, trying to color it in. Now, he says he can't, you know, afford a new suit, and he doesn't have any navy boxers, you would think he could go out and afford a new pair of underwear. I mean, I think that makes sense. And with all the shopping Lily does, I'm sure she would be happy to pick up a pair of boxers for him. But then we don't get this funny scene, so. 
it turns out that Marshall is getting ready for a big interview with the NRDC. Now, I, I changed jobs in the last year, but before I did, I was in the same building in D.C. as the NRDC. And I'd see a lot of the... the guessing this is a different branch. I don't think Marshall was coming to D.C. Yeah, I wonder if it's headquartered in New York or D.C. It's probably one of the two. Yeah. You would think D.C. probably because... Right. It's, it's you know, they're going against government. Well, no, they're also going against corporations. I guess they just have a big lobbying arm that would be lobbying towards the government. So when they um, came to work, did they have suits with holes in them too? Mm -hmm. A lot of them, I would notice a lot of them rode bikes to work. Oh, good. They're practicing what they preach. The higher ups drove in in Teslas. Okay. I like it. I'd be, um, I wouldn't like it as much if they were like rolling in in like those Hummers that used to be around in the early 2000s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of uh, hypocrisy when it comes to talking about the environment and how you live your life. Yeah, so it seems like these guys are at least walking the walk. For the most transportation part. Transportation wise. Do they ever fly anywhere? Do they eat meat? Actually, probably not. most of them don't. Probably not. Okay. Like Barney's reference to <laughs> he's um, having an interview with the Granola Mountain Earth Pals. And says that even those granolas will hacky sack him out the door with that suit on. Yeah, well, Marshall points out that he is broke. His other options are track or birthday mm-hmm. as it relates to suits. Barney, there's a lot of back and forth here, but we'll skip to where Barney will take him to his personal tailor. Marshall says he makes negative $300 a week and he needs every negative $300 of that <laughs> for the wedding. Which I guess to say is he's just putting everything on credit right now. Yeah, must be Barney says his guy will do the work for one-third the cost. I'm surprised Marshall never asked one-third of what, but right. that would ruin the surprise later. Right. Yeah, which, you know, he's a pretty smart guy. He should realize Barney doesn't wear cheap suits, but, you know, makes for a funny part at the end, so go with it. I remember when my brother was in Korea for the Army, he got a lot of tailored suits made out there because you could get it a lot cheaper. Oh. And, he, you know, he's he's five-foot tall so and he's you know kind of have you know big he's built a little bit he's got shoulders and such and so it's not easy for him to find suits that fit him well and so he came back with a whole bunch of suits i'm sure none of them fit him anymore (laughs) marshall says no thanks to go into his tailor and (laughs) barney just not even not even using much torque pulls at his (laughs) pants and they just come off (laughs) And this is not the first time, or the only time, that we'll see Barney destroy a pair of Marshall's pants. True. I like how Marshall's not even mad at him. He just says, <laughs> what time tomorrow? Right. Noon? Yeah, I mean, I think Marshall knows he can't go to a job interview with holes in a suit. Yeah, but there's, there's a few of these examples where Barney really screws someone over. Yeah. And they just kind of go with it, like, okay. Right. We are where we are at this point. <laughs> right. I'm not going to get mad about it. I mean, if I'm Marshall, though, I mean, I guess fast-forwarding a little bit, but, like, okay, Barney, you have a ton of money. Buy me a suit, then, if this is something that's so important to you. It, I feel like we don't know if Barney and Marshall are, Marshall are that close at this point. It almost seems yeah. like they're friends through Ted. Right. But it's hard to tell for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is kind of the, the impression we get. Okay, we're at McLaren's. 
Vicky is joining Lily. This drives me nuts when you call her Vicky. Oh, Victoria <laughs> is, yeah. I don't know why I keep doing that. <laughs> I knew a Vicky in high school. It's the only Victoria I knew, and we all called her Vicky. So ah. keeps popping back in. Victoria is joining Lily and Robin at the bar in a booth. She just kind of pops in on them. She's excited about a two-month anniversary that her and Ted are about to celebrate. And now we're going back into Robin being obnoxious. Oh, just so to Vicky, mean. To Victoria. And they sort of just kind of bounce off Victoria. All these comments they and barbs. They do, which is interesting because I, I think Lily's reaction kind of would solidify to Victoria that, like, no, this isn't just Robin. Like, this, yeah. She's being really mean, and she's getting a reaction from her friend because, you know, at one point, Lily just goes like, Robin, like, you know, kind of chastising her. And if I'm Victoria and somebody's friend does that, it's like, oh, like, something's going on here. Yeah, we never really learn whether or not Victoria is choosing to ignore these things. Right. Or is naive and doesn't notice them. It's hard to say. It doesn't matter at the end of the day because she doesn't last very long here. Right. And then they do seem to have a bit of a breakthrough Towards the middle end of the episode. Especially in the Hulu version. Mm-hmm. And we we just rewatched the Hulu version. I think both of us must have watched the TV version last time. Yeah. Because there was like a dozen things. Yeah, they must have cut out, you know, a good three minutes worth of stuff. Which doesn't sound like a lot. And a couple of things of were kind of funny. Mm-hmm. It was It was better lost scenes than we usually track. Yeah. But we have Robin's response was like, oh, well, that answered all the questions I didn't ask. And that's when Lily kind of like, you know, calls her out like, Robin, what, you know, and she tries to save face. by like, oh, no, we're just in that place in our very close friendship. I, th- I think I said that to my mom last month. That answers all the questions we didn't ask. <laughs> that's so mean. And then Victoria takes that as like, oh, and tries to give her a hug. <laughs> just immediately. Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, Victoria gets a call and she walks off oh before that though they talk about their you know they're about to go dress shopping and victoria mentions like you know she works a lot of weddings so she knows some people like you know maybe she can come with get her get some discounts yeah again a little presumptuous of victoria i don't know that i would have wanted random girlfriend of my friend coming with me wedding dress shopping but lily doesn't seem to care i don't think it's bad on victoria for offering because it's just a good thing if she can get her a discount yeah, and can lend some expertise to it. I can see why Robin would have gotten annoyed whether she likes Victoria or not. Right. And in this case, she does not and asks why, why the addition of Punky Brewster to the day. And I watched Punky Brewster back in the 80s. I don't get the reference here. I don't think it works. Yeah, I don't. So I don't see it. Did you ever see Punky Brewster? No, but I know the basic concept. Yeah, she's a, kind of adopted by an older man, and it, it mostly follows sort of her and her friends around school, and she's different. She dresses with, like, different colored shoes, and she, she purposefully clashes her outfits to stand mm-hmm. out, and that became sort of her thing. Okay. Did you know Punky Brewster was on Friends? Yes, I did know that. She was Joey's girlfriend that kept hitting everybody. Yeah. <laughs> And Lily tells Robin, just get over it. She's coming. Get over it. And Robin offers a fake smile and dead eyes, and Lily's on board. Victoria comes back to let 
the girls know that she was offered a fellowship at a culinary institute in Germany, and she would have to leave by Monday. So, a few things here. One, I'm not quite sure I understand why she would take this on. She already owns her own bakery, and apparently is very successful at it because her cakes are amazing. Yeah, I was thinking about this, too. It's like She has a storefront, which in New York City is not going to be cheap. She does wedding cakes. So is she just, like, abandoning all of these people that have booked wedding cakes for her and then, like, closed her bakery? <laughs> Good question. There's we, a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, we don't really see... Of course, we don't go back to the bakery again, but we right. don't really see if she's got people working for her. They certainly don't cover any of this in right. the topic of her leaving. And also, why would... She only have a few days to decide whether she wants to go. Right. That wouldn't make sense unless somebody dropped out, which gave made room for her to come in. But anyway, right? Yeah, that's the only way. Because yeah, if you're taking some sort of yeah, essentially, like it's like a school, so it's, they are supposed to give enough notice so people can prepare their lives. From <laughs> the story perspective, it doesn't make a lot of sense. From the writer's perspective, I, I remember you mentioning that. If they didn't get the extension, Victoria was going to be the mom, and that's kind of how they were going to end it. Mm -hmm. And now they got their extension, probably, and an offer of more seasons or a renewal for another season. And so they're like, all right, let's get rid of her. (laughs) (laughs) So they give her until Monday to get out of there. Well, that's interesting, because we actually just had somebody at work, uh, working one of the programs that was doing her master's program, I guess, kind of like online through England. I guess that's where she used to live. But she was here in the U.S. doing it. And then, like, very last minute, they told her, like, oh, no, you can't do it long distance anymore. You have to come back. So she did actually have to leave within, I think it was maybe a week or two. Mm. Which isn't, you know, three days. But still, I was, I was baffled. Yeah, it would be tough to do a culinary institute <laughs> remotely. Yeah. We're at a restaurant where they're having their two-monthy anniversary. Well, that's where this conversation is coming from. I don't think Victoria ever... She doesn't say by Monday with the girls. Or does she? I don't know. But anyways, we're at the restaurant. Did she she ever come back and even say it to them? Yes, she did. But yeah, I I guess maybe it's all the details or when she's talking to Ted. At least the way I shape my notes, it it looks like it. Okay, so we're we're at the restaurant with Ted and Victoria... Ted's, you know, saying Germany, like as in Europe, but not Epcot. I guess there is a Berlin, Ohio, so it's not out of this world that it could right. be Germany someplace else. <laughs> Why not? Um, Ted's grasping at straws. She doesn't know what she'll do or what will happen to them. They both agree that long distance is not an option. So either the, she stays there or they break up, and she has to leave on, you know, he says, well, why don't we wait a while? Right. See and see how things go. And she said, well, I have to leave Monday, and... Ted kind of jokes about that. But they decide to spend some time a day apart and think about what they want. We're at the Taylors, and Marshall's on the phone with Lily, and now we get the first half of two mm-hmm. sides of a story. She says, and I don't I feel like this wasn't in the TV version, but she says being at that wedding shop is like shopping inside of a marshmallow. Yeah, I have that in my notes, so I think. I think it was in the real okay. version. And he says, the tailor's like shopping in Barney's mind, uh, which is, it's in the back room of a pet store. It's dark, sketchy, and seems illegal. And 
Marshall kind of points out the sketchiness of this to Barty, and Barty says, look, do you want a quality suit and a free rabbit or not? I like that line. <laughs> I know. Although I don't think Marshall took the free rabbit. <laughs> yeah, we never see any rabbit. The okay. tailor comes in, and he's speaking his language to them, which we are led to believe is Ukrainian. Barney understands him somehow and says it's about Ted's moping. But I got a fun fact. I, there, someone put up a translation of what the tailor did say. Ah. It actually wasn't Russian. I mean, I'm sorry, it wasn't Ukrainian. It was Russian. And all he said was, boys, you're in the way. I need to finish the job. Ah, well, that's nice that they actually like did something that translated into so like, actual dialogue. Was Barney pretending to know what he said or... Were they just like, hey, actor, you speak Russian, go ahead and say something to them in Russian, and then we'll just make up what we think it should mean? Well, I, when I was looking up it, I didn't see a translation, but it did say Barney responded in Russian. So I don't know what he responded I thought he was. With. I thought he just said da, da, which is yes in Russian. Yes, but I thought yes. he said something after that. I don't know. I can't remember that well, that in that much detail. But if the, guy's, if the guy speaks Russian, why not just say he's Russian? Does Ukrainian sound... Shadier? I have no idea. It is, you know, a smaller country. I mean, and this is 2006, so the politics of all of this are very different nowadays. Right. But Ted is moping. Why is Ted there anyway? I don't know. Story purpose, I guess, but Ted's talking about how long distance doesn't work. Barney disagrees. He's juggling four long distance relationships right now. What I don't understand is we don't see Barney ever leave the country or traveling to Madrid, Tokyo, or Denmark. I, I don't really... It does, he doesn't seem like the type of person that would want to keep a long-distance correspondence going, so... Uh, Maybe they come visit him? Well, it doesn't explain the the Irish one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll just call it... We'll consider it a throwaway Or maybe... Joke. Wait, did he say the fourth one lives in New York? Yeah. So maybe he just pretends that he's visiting from Ireland. That seems more like something he would do. And then the other ones come to New York to see him? It's one in several jokes that we see where we think he's kind of expressing a kind thought, but then it turns out he's doing something (laughs) shady instead. Right. But, I mean, there's no way that Barney, of all people, would ever believe in actual long-distance relationships. Then Marshall tells, (laughs) tells... Ted, or reminds Ted of a story of when he and Lily were separated in college because she was on an exchange program. Now, this goes back to, you know, she was on a, an art program in Paris. Mm-hmm. And we've always wondered, what did she go to school for? Was it art or teaching? Right. And I would think that if she went to a semester in Paris for art, that that was her major. But I don't think in real life you can just become a teacher with an art degree. You can't. You're right. I mean, <laughs> so. I don't know. It's It's hard to decipher what exactly went down with her education. But he tells a story of her French, her French friend, uh, Gabrielle, who, who had this weak-ass, thin French mustache. And when he, when he meets him in person, he warns him off and threatens him and says, you know, if anything happens, he'll eat his mustache. And he never told Billy about it. He also mentions that he had the crazy eyes when he did this. This is uh, the second mention of yeah, the Yeah, second of, of several more to come, mentioning of the crazy eyes. And he's, you know, he said he's honest. He's not proud of what he did, but to be honest, honestly, he's not proud of what he did. More honestly, he is. 
And I like Ted responds, which is, you know, other than confirming a bunch of European stereotypes about Americans, <laughs> what's your point? <laughs> so what's what stereotype is that confirming about Americans that were ruffians or that Overly were Overly aggressive, threatening. Okay. I can live with that one. Marshall's point is that they were soulmates. They barely made it. If Victoria is not his soulmate, then he should just let her go. Which, you know, Marshall's pretty consistent. This was similar to the conversation he had with Stuart a couple episodes back. Barney's arguing that she's not his soulmate. He doesn't know her favorite color. You know, he doesn't know whether she's a dog or a cat person. He doesn't know if she'd have a three-way. And then he circles back with a joke about his phone and it has three-way. And it was really bad. They took it out for the TV version, but it was the here in the Hulu version. No, I think that was in there, because I have that in my notes from the TV version. Wow, you keep proving me wrong. But nevertheless, that sort of a weak joke. Yeah, well, his point was, you know, he does more research before he buys a cell phone. Now, here's where Barney is speaking, quote-unquote, Ukrainian. Because he, he's talking with the tailor, and he's choosing the material for Marshall's suit. Marshall objects and says, you know, shouldn't I choose my own material? I <laughs> like Barney saying, here, play with this pincushion. <laughs> <laughs> I like when he's condescending in this way. Right. Well, Barney points out, again, you know, he doesn't know if Victoria's a cat or a dog person, so Ted calls her and asks, and we find out that she likes cats. And he is strangely thrown off by this, but my argument to this argument is that he didn't ask, do you like cats and dogs, or do you like cats better than dogs? I consider myself a dog person, but I like cats, too. So if somebody calls me and just asks, do you like cats, my answer is going to be yes. That's true. So There's room in our hearts. For a lot of us, there's room in our hearts for both animals. True story. The suit looks really nice. Barney insists that, you know, he he needs to take an interview with Barney's company. They get sued a lot. (laughs) Yeah, he can't waste it on the planet's losing battle. Marshall says he won't sell out. Actually, he says the kid won't sell out. The kid out. does and we not get another, sell out. We, we get another the kid reference, and hopefully it'll last, because I'm, not, I'm not, not a big fan of that self-nickname. <laughs> Ted says, you know, it's too much pressure. He has to let her go. Well, I, Barney mentions that this is a paid internship, which in any world, Marshall is broke. He's trying to pay for a wedding. In what world would he not go for this paid internship? It makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, Marshall, they're trying to sell Marshall as this high-minded environmentalist. We'll see a little more of this in the next episode as well. Right. With the, uh, right, with the uh, orangutans or... Gorillas. Uh, gorillas, yeah, that's right. And then we get sort of an annoying episode years from now, or seasons from now, where Lily's really upset that Marshall's given up on his ideals and doesn't want to go back and work for environmental law. Right, that he's happy in corporate law. But, and that's fine. I mean, I think it's good to have the goals from where you want your career to go. But if you're saying, like, you make negative $300 a week and somebody's offering you a paid internship, which Barney says is, you know, the equivalent of what Lily makes in a year. Presumably Marshall's been in law school for several years and hasn't had a job that whole time. Like, why don't you just... It's short-term, we're not saying, like, go work for this company forever. I don't know. It just 
I think you have to think economically sometimes. Yeah, I mean, this we could have this conversation forever because it goes back to that whole thing with people complaining about student debt these days, but these students are getting out with $150,000 in student debt and becoming teachers or something where they're not going to ever, ever be able to pay it back. You know, if you're not... Student loan forgiveness. Well, if you're not going to... The way things are today, if you are not going to get a job that's high paying, don't get a student loan that will take forever to pay off. The mathematics on this are extremely simple. And so, yes, in his case, he probably owes over $100,000 in, in oh, I'm sure. debt for his... I'm, I'm assuming his parents paid for college, but then not for law school. So he owes a great deal of debt for law school. In fact, we find out that's what it is when they try and buy a house. Right, that they... He does have loans from that. But even in environmental law, he could eventually make enough money to start making a dent in it. It just would take forever. I don't know. I mean, law is law. I assume there's not, like, poor-paying law jobs. Early on, yeah, sure. I mean, even if he got hired... I mean, relatively speaking. Even if he got hired by NRDC when he finished law school, his starting pay would probably just be, you know around 75 at the most on the high end to start. Living in New York City, that's not a lot of money where they are, where they're located. But we'll we'll let all that go. Um, We are back at the restaurant. Ted's about to tell Victoria to go. And then she gives him a cupcake, and he pulls a 180 and asks her to stay. And then we take a cut there. We're at the dress shop next, and we're sort of going backwards in time at this point. And we start out at the same spot where we were with Marshall on the phone with Lily and get to see Lily's perspective. I like her in this green dress. She looks really good in it. She wears dress as well. Mm-hmm. I don't like that green dress, though. Okay. We find out the, dress, the dresses in the window that Lily really likes are too expensive. We get some kind of good jokes about how these women know exactly how much money you make just by the underwear. Hers is from <laughs> Old Navy. Damn you, Old Navy, and your reasonably priced three-packs. Robin presses Victoria about her donut fellowship, so we get sort of the first shade being thrown from Robin to her about this, because she makes a couple references about this fellowship in derogatory yeah. ways. And we get some stuff here, again, I think, in the Hulu version that we didn't get in the TV version, where Victoria is really undecided and is starting to have these feelings that Ted might be the one, and does she really want to give that up? And then Robin mentions, well, you haven't met any German guys. <laughs> right, Robin's really This German guy has really bred my schnitzel, she says. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean sex. Like, no, I don't know what you mean. She goes, I mean, sex. But yeah, that, there's no, that was not in the TV version. Because mm-hmm. I don't remember hearing that one before. Right. Well, and Robin's really, like, trying to kick her out of the country, like Lily says. You know, mentions, like, oh, you know, sounds a little step for You can give up, you know, this opportunity for a man. Mm-hmm. And do we have to explain what that means? What, Stepford? Yeah. The Stepford wife. The reference to a Stepford wife. Yeah. Uh, just, I, I haven't seen the movie. Have you? I did. So essentially, except for... I'm, I'm I, know what, I know what it is, but I haven't seen the Yeah, the movie, movie if I'm remembering, it's been a very long time. And I don't think... I haven't seen the original. I saw that remake they made in, like, the mid-2000s. With Nicole Kidman. hmm But essentially, it's, you know, all the women are these... The town is Stepford, right? 
Yeah, the town is called Stepford, and the women are essentially just all subservient to the men. And I cannot remember if they are actual robots or <laughs> if that's just like the impression is because they're all so perfect and they're all just yeah, they, you know, they, catering to the men. They're all housewives. The men make all the decisions. And right, that but town. they might actually be robots in the movie. I can't remember. Um, either that or maybe they're on like some sort of medication that makes them look super compliant. I can't remember the exact details of it, but maybe they're just good wives who No, that's the point of the movies. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> there is some outside force making them act in this way. So that's yeah. What Robin's kind of getting at is that, you know, if Victoria does this then she's you know, giving up her autonomy for a man. Did you, when you saw that movie, did you actually though want to move to that town? I mean, everybody was really pretty. <laughs> the women didn't have to work. They all got to like dress up all the time. And actually, I would hate that. The not working part, you'd love. <laughs> yeah, the not working part. That that sounds lovely. But the, I had to like actually get dressed up and now do we, my hair every day. We buried the lead here. You know, obviously, we had a long distance relationship. We did. And you know, for early, two years. <laughs> yeah, for two years, and wow. It, it worked really great. I've actually I've had quite a few that worked well. I my girlfriend and my freshman year in college, she went to a different school than I did, and we stayed together that whole year. Well, and I think too, it makes a difference how long distance you are. Like, yes, we were long distance, but we were driving distance. Yeah, I mean, it's a completely different story to be on different continents. Now, Ted could reasonably go out and visit her a few times. Germany's not that far. It's probably about six hours. Right. Yeah, I mean, it would be tricky, but yeah, I don't know how much plane tickets would cost. But yeah, it wouldn't be like us. Like, we saw each other every other week. But we were soulmates. We are soulmates. I don't think Ted and Victoria are. Mm, clearly not. All right. We're, again, we're in the, we're still in the dress shop. And Lily comes out in this really ugly dress. <laughs> I like Robin's reference that it's short in the front, long in the back. It's the mullet of wedding dresses. <laughs> That's a great line. It is. Uh, I don't know. I I find that, I mean, obviously this whole like wedding dress bit is hilarious and, you know, meant to convey that, you know, Lily can't afford a wedding dress. Of course, it's going to be like really ugly ones that get brought out. But I mean, I didn't pay that much for our, my wedding dress. And you had a nice one. Yeah. <laughs> you had a very nice pretty, one. Pretty. So. Yeah. You didn't pay more than a thousand for it, right? No, I don't think I paid more than 500 for it. Wow. Yeah, it was nice. So maybe maybe at that shop it's different. They're talking through the idea of a long-distance relationship, and Lily tells her side of the France story. <laughs> and this this is my favorite part. She had one friend, Gabrielle, and she had a little bit of a mustache. She was Kinda super homely. awkward. And then after, <laughs> and then all of a sudden she just stopped talking to her. That's such a great closeout on that story. I love that. Well, and I also like, you know, the... Her version of it, too, is the only way that she got through the rest of that semester was knowing she'd be back with her soulmate. Okay. Now we get the... We're back to the call with Victoria and Ted where she says cats hated the musical Love Them Animals. And then Robin starts uh, <clears throat> planting these evil seeds about the cat. Well, I like Robin's, um, you know, judgy response because we know Robin's a dog person. So she's like, cats. <laughs> yeah, and almost like, it, it almost makes it eventually a choice... Well, we we never really learn whether Ted is a dog or a cat person. So. He says he's a dog person. Okay. So choosing Robin's choosing the dog person instead of the cat person is sort no, of... No, we did know that because I think in like that first episode, um, he mentions like all the reasons why he likes Robin. 
Oh, I think you're right. Good memory. Okay, Robin's planting evil seeds. <laughs> right. I like how <laughs> I like how she says, maybe he's planning on buying you a cat to try and trick you into staying. <laughs> and I can't believe Victoria's kind of going along with this. Like, what do you do that? That's so low. Right. I, was like, I wouldn't even stick around to find out. I'd be on the next plane to Germany. <laughs> yeah, and so see-through. <laughs> so I'm starting to think that maybe Victoria's not, these jokes aren't bouncing off or that she just has no clue what's going on. Maybe. And then Robin. She's not very bright. Victoria. Or Lily then chastises when Victoria leaves. Lily chastises. No, we even. Lily comes out in another ugly dress first. Okay, then yeah, I'm I'm not trying to say every single thing that happened in this episode. I'm just kind of hit the the highlights. But when Victoria leaves to go get her the dress in the window, uh, so she can look at look, so she can try on something that looks good. Lily calls out Robin about trying to hustle Victoria, and you know said. Think about Ted's happiness. What, what, what's really going to make Ted happy? I think this kind of sinks in a little bit. Right. Well, we get Robin, you know, trying to be snarky. But, well, she has a super important dessert scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Victoria tells, when she's back, she tells Robin that she feels a little guilty about not being feminist enough in this situation, that she might actually let a guy decide her future. Because she basically, well, she's not really letting him decide because it's still her decision. Right, but it's, you know, does she give up this opportunity because of a man? And then Robin actually kind of bears down and gives her a pep talk about choosing career over relationships and her side of it and gives her some good advice. Yeah, Robin actually, you know, ends up nice and insightful. And then we get kind of an awkward of like, you're the coolest. Yeah, I, I, don't, I feel like another thing that wasn't on the TV version no, that was just on the Hulu. And yeah. you, no, you're the cool. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Then Robin accepts the <laughs> the trophy of being the coolest, and <clears throat> Victoria says she's going to stay. Okay. Lily comes out in the expensive dress, and then it looks great. But then she sits on the cake, gets up, rips the dress, and. I like how Victoria and I, another thing <laughs> that I don't think was in the TV version, Victoria goes, it should come out. It's only chocolate and raspberry. <laughs> right. <laughs> and of course the lady comes out right at that moment asking how she'll pay for it. And she says credit card. <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah. I was thinking about this, like, well, if this happened and the lady hadn't come, could they have like stashed it somewhere? I'm like, that's a probably terrible thing to think about. <laughs> Probably take accountability for your mistakes. An $8,000 dress. Wow. $8,000. Can you even imagine? We're back at the restaurant, and Victoria says she has to go to Germany. She was going to stay. Now she's pulling the 180. Uh, but asked if he would move with her, and he won't. That makes sense. He's They've only known each other for two months. It's, it's a much bigger ask asking to move with her than it is to ask her to stay. Wouldn't you agree? Wait, it's better for him to go with her? No, it's a bigger ask of oh, her saying, oh, yeah. would you move with me, than him asking her not to move away. Right. Oh, yeah, because she already has a, you know, a life and a business here. So they decide they're going to break up, and the next scene is in the apartment kitchen. And Marshall's kind of preening <laughs> in his suit while comforting Ted and waiting to be noticed. I love this. <laughs> it's so funny. And... Ted notices, nice suit. You like this scene, he says. I do. Thanks for acknowledging it. Kind of weird that they hadn't. <laughs> Marshall urges Ted 
that let's you know don't let her just go have one great last night and gives this you know if you lost your leg metaphor that I won't repeat. It's not horrible, but and then they do awesome air kicks. And then Ted is showing off his new pajama bottoms, <laughs> which I thought was fun. Yeah, that was silly. You know how I don't really love the silly. Ted meets back up with Victoria and kind of tries to sell her on this idea of, yeah, let's do all the things that we've been talking about doing. Museum, bridges, restaurants. And they just stay in bed the whole time doing it. Right. Tells his kids they went and did all that stuff. So yay on future Ted for not being explicit with his kids for Hmm. once. Barney, we're back at McLaren's. Barney's with Marshall at the bar, and Barney's really excited that Marshall is suited up with him. (laughs) <laughs> and then he gives them they're back they're at the booth and he gives them the four thousand dollars. Oh, before we get there, Robin's asking Lily, you know, how, how is she gonna tell Marshall? And she says she's just gonna wait until something bad happens to Marshall that Right, something he messes up out. and then she can just kinda throw it out there. Right. So Barney hands over the bill for the four thousand dollars for the suit. Well and just before that, just to reiterate how broke they are, Marshall's like, It's dollar beer night, so we <laughs> we each get one. <laughs> I remember at my college we had dime draft night. Oh, where, we had quarter where each drafts. beer was a dime. Now it, it came in little, you know, there were little tiny cups. It wasn't huge, like, right. like regular, right? So it was probably actually a ripoff, but nevertheless, used to be able to get mixed drinks for a dollar at some bars. That was fun. Good old days. It was the um, absolute worst rail liquor you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. I, that gives you the worst hangovers uh, in the morning. Yeah, I got sick. Way too many times from that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't drink <laughs> rail anything anymore. I wasn't sure about this early in the episode, but after Barney gives him the bill, it becomes very clear that Barney did all this on purpose to get Marshall to work at his oh, of course, company. He, he most certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> then Lily, uh, as a result, confesses about the eight thousand dollar dress she ruined, and then we get sort of a, another. What time's the interview? Just like you know, what time? Right. <laughs> at the tailor. So it's it's kind of a repeat of the same joke, but it's it's used very well. And I like Barney says, it's at 8.30 tomorrow. Um, you'll need some new shoes. Don't worry, I know a guy. <laughs> that was a good line. Yep. And I do like that Barney calls his company Barney Corps. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fine. It's no America. <laughs> we get an airport goodbye scene, and it's long and gooey and... At the end of it, they agree to do long distance. And before the scene even ends, we find out that it did not work. It didn't. It is awful, terrible idea. Yeah, more on that later. Yeah, they, they don't take long to get her all completely off this show. No, I was thinking about that, and I think this is something that's kind of changed now that we have our ability to binge things, where it's like, you used to watch a show, and it would seem like these relationships were kind of long you can think about like Ross and Rachel and friends like even that was not that many episodes before they end up breaking up the first time and with this yeah what, how many episodes is it like they met let's see so we first see her in episode 12 they have their first encounter episode 13 episode 14 the relationship's really going, 15, it's on its way, and now, you know, 16, they're on the verge of breaking up. 
You can't compare it to Ross and Rachel. Well, no, I'm just saying it just seemed... I, I remember, you know, watching those things and it seems like these relationships are lasting a long time when you stretch them out over weekly episodes. But when you have that ability to binge it, it's actually a much shorter time frame. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite joke? Um, probably Robin's just snark of the donut fellowship and the super important dessert scholarship. Just her creative ways of really like nixing Victoria's actual like <laughs> really big accomplishment. Mine is the back half of the story of France told by Lily. And the, <laughs> that reveal. I think that's the funniest thing in this show. I'm having trouble. I didn't mark down the stuff I didn't like, so I'm having trouble finding my least yeah, favorite. you know, there wasn't really anything bad in the episode. Well, there's a lot of stuff in the Hulu version that I didn't care for. Um, the, they really bred my schnitzel I could have lived without, and the you're cool, no, you're cool. So there's a couple of those things. I almost feel like it's not... It's... it's Difficult to consider a canon when it happens in the Hulu version, but right. I, I'm going to go with the bread my schnitzel. <laughs> you? Anything? I'm, I'm looking. I really don't have anything that I think is like really that bad. All right. Well, I am going to move on to my top ten favorite desserts. Okay. Since this episode is called Cupcake. Spoiler alert. Cupcakes in the top ten. Oh, boy. <laughs> Number ten, lemon meringue pie. Don't get it that often, but every time I do, I always, I'm like, wow, I really like this. Why don't I eat this more often? Number nine, tres leches cake, which is Spanish for three milk cake. I've never, okay. I never tried it until, I think, on our trip to Guatemala, I had some. And it was so good, it all of a sudden jumped into my top ten. Wow. So this must be an updated list. Yes. Oh, I keep every list updated. <laughs> uh, number. That's my least favorite part of this episode. <laughs> then why'd you laugh? Because you're such a dork. <laughs> number eight, Boston cream donut. Oh, that's good stuff. Number seven, chocolate cake with raspberry filling. Usually I get those at, like, weddings. Yep. Number six, a Cinnabon roll. Oh, interesting. Wouldn't I guess that? Uh, really, the only time you get a chance to have them is at the airport. and I can't even imagine the last time I've seen a Cinnabon. I remember, it was. I think it was maybe Louis C.K. that was doing stand-up about how much he likes them, and he likes them so much that he actually eats them on his when he's at his destination at the airport before leaving the airport. <laughs> That's how much he likes them. It might not have been Louis C.K., it might have been someone else, but... Hopefully somebody hasn't been canceled. It was a good bit. Number five, peach pie. Number four, creative cupcakes. So cupcakes that have, you know, sort of a, a twist to them, like, you know. But not do, with bacon. That was the donut. So would you eat a cupcake with bacon? No, I don't. I try, I actually tried the second half of that donut with the bacon. Mm-hmm. It was not horrible, but okay. I wouldn't do it again. But we described some of the cupcakes we had at our wedding. Mm-hmm. We, I won't go back through that. They were awesome. Number three, Enemans Raspberry Twist Danish. That's number three? Oh, yeah. All right. I love it. 
I could polish the whole thing off in one setting if I was really <laughs> going to punish myself but or, or reward myself. But you notice I buy it on my birthday. Like I buy mm. it on, on occasions for myself. Christmas. We were we went to the beach a few years ago, and we brought my mom, who's you know in her seventies, with us so that we we could go out in the evening and she could watch our, our son. And we for the trip we you know we stayed in a house, and I bought a raspberry twist donut or d- Danish for the house for the week to kind of last us for breakfast or a dessert or whatever. And so there's about half of it last left <laughs> when we went out one night, and when we came back, she had polished the whole thing off. And she confessed that she has sort of a she'll binge on desserts sometimes, and was pretty embarrassed by the <laughs> by being <laughs> it caught was very in this unexpected. incident. Yeah, I, I I didn't know this about her. She doesn't have many vices. vices. <laughs> but anyways, number two, peach cobbler. Oh, and you know what? It doesn't even have to be great peach cobbler. Sometimes I find them at these like hot bars in the city where I'll go to lunch and they'll have like. Uh, little buffets with different things and they'll have peach cobbler and it'll be just as good as like at a really nice restaurant. Maybe peach cobbler just the same thing as peach pie? No, it has different spices to it, like different, hard to explain. The the buildup of it, the makeup of it's much different. Okay. Um, And then like they use some sort of like cinnamon or brown sugar that isn't in peach pies. Okay. And then number one is chocolate lava cake. We sort of described this before that, you know, it's the kind you would get maybe at Morton's where when you cut it into it, it's like the hot mm-hmm. chocolate on inside the brownie mm-hmm. out, outside with uh, vanilla ice cream with it. That's my top ten. Well, that answers all the questions I never asked. <laughs> and just to mention it, we had already recorded episode 17 before we lost all those episodes <laughs> That was one that we actually recorded on the new laptop. And then... We might have actually talked about it on (laughs) episode 17. That's where we realized that all the other ones were gone. No, I don't think we did. No. I'll find out when I go back through it to see if I already... I can't remember if I edited it or not yet. So I'll go back through it again. But uh, the only reason I mention this is there might be a lot of old references in it. And you're like, why are they talking about that? I think we probably talked about having like... Being excited about having 40 listeners, and now we <laughs> yeah. have a couple hundred. So I wonder if it's going to be like, Trump, he'll never get elected. Oh, God. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting. We'll have to listen to it before we post it and see if we need to re-record it, too. I, I, I actually thought it was kind of fun to listen to podcasts after Trump was elected, but you're listening to them starting in, like, 2014, like, mm-hmm. their back episodes. And then as you get close to the election, they're like, well, that will never happen. Yeah. And then the first podcast after the election, just the shock and dismay. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's a couple that I've... It's funny because you, you can see it coming. It's and, like, and you want to warn them, like, no. It's like as if you were watching someone's face as the election results came in and saw <laughs> a changeover. Um, you know, of course, not everyone feels this way about Trump. But I remember you went to bed with no clue that he could have won. You just oh, no. assumed. I just assumed. You didn't stay up for the results because you're like, oh, Hillary's got this. Yeah. And then I woke up and said Trump won. And, and I was like, nah, I know you. That ha ha, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll be back next week. Or actually, if it's already edited, we'll just post it right away. I don't. I don't. Yeah, we'll have to see if it's 
ready to go. So, yeah. But it's it's life amongst the gorillas, and that's basically describing Marshall's experience in working at Barney's company and having to adjust who he is to fit in with all the bros, with all the type A males that that work there. Yeah, I feel like we're we're hitting a milestone here. We've had to rewatch and re-record all these episodes that we'd already watched and re-recorded, so this is the last one. So it'll be a whole new frontier once we get to episode 18. Yeah. Uncharted territory. I'm looking forward to it, but I'll miss having already taken notes to just <laughs> get to rewatch little, it and adding little extra things to it. So it's the work gets harder now, right? Right. But it's like, yeah, it's a little milestone that we're finally passing over. And Do you see how many episodes are in season one? Is it 22? Uh, 22 sounds right, but uh, I'm not sure if I said it. Okay, no, I was just wondering. So, yeah, I guess we're we're starting to hit the tail end of season one. Yeah, I'm excited. That's what I'm most excited about, getting to season two, because it's so good. It's yep. one of the best. Yep. Well, and I'm just excited overall. Like, the podcast is growing, definitely, you know, between episode 17 that we recorded. I mean, it had to have been, what, two months ago, maybe? October? Probably longer. Yeah, so yeah, I think at that point we did have like around 40 listeners, and now I think the last time I did the math on it, like the the tracker that I use does 60 days worth, but I can still see longer than that, so now it's inching up closer to 300, which, you know, isn't a lot for some podcasts, but I think that's a lot for us. <laughs> for I think we're kind of a niche podcast, that, you know, talking yeah. about a show that's been off the air for many years. A couple hundred thousand people is just around the corner. Yep, I guess. <laughs> so I'm excited. So as always, we appreciate you guys that spend your podcasting hours listening to us and keep the tweets coming or get them started. Yeah, for sure. Keep emails. Re- reaching what's, out. What's, what's how can they reach us? Runklerecaps at gmail dot com at Runklerecaps on Twitter underscore How I Met Your Podcast underscore on Instagram. Uh, we also have Runklerecaps dot com. Seems like we get probably the most engagement on Instagram. But, yeah, we're always happy to get a tweet or an email. And if you want a T-shirt that says, it's just okay, (laughs) then go to a T-shirt maker and have it made. We don't actually sell T-shirts. Let us know. We can do that. (laughs) All right. Well, Jen and I are going to go make fun of Jen for not being feminist enough. Since I moved here. Since you moved here for me. All right, everyone. So long. (laughs) Farewell. Farewell.